know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. And like the man said, that we are, those weekend golf guys. We are here. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Timbergate Golf Course. And we have a special guest who will be joining us uh, during most of the program, E.A. Tischler from... Um, from where? Somewhere in Illinois, is it not, sir? Olympia Field Olympia. Club. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm here uh, for the golf season, and then I head back to California. Actually, tomorrow I start a three day drive all the way back to California. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember those three day drives. We took a three day drive like that when I was a kid. It was it was terrible, man. That was enough to have you stop doing it. Yes, yes, that's what I I I promised myself right then and there. It didn't matter where I was going or who I was going with, but. Damn it, I was going to fly. <laughs> but uh, the EA's decided, EA's decided he just needs to get a little pillow to sit on, and he's going to roll. So are you teaching in California, or you just hang out and rest on your laurels during the uh, cold snaps? Uh, well, I do, I do some traveling and coaching, but uh, I do have a place there where, by appointment, uh, people fly in. They usually come in you know, one morning. We work that afternoon, uh, come back the next morning, review get them uh get them on track with what they need to do and then get them back on the road or in the air <laughs> the only way to do it man the only way to do it all right well i can i can tell you right now that uh ea is definitely out of uh my league or i'm definitely out of his or not into his yet or however you want to look at it i've seen you play john yeah i'm right i'm right <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's why they had a handicap system. <laughs> I thought so too. It is. <laughs> My handicap is still around the range of uh, not being able to hit the ball straight. That's. Uh, I don't think we've gotten into. We, well, the question is, can you find it? Yes, yes. After working with Jeff for three years, I can now find my ball on a regular basis. Yes. Amazing. We it's, call that success. Yes, in it used, though. He used to just find everybody else's when he was looking for his. That's it. That's now it. he actually goes in and knows right where his just went. Well, at least he has a garage full of golf balls to fall back on. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That's right. That is That's true. Right. We're going to be talking with two of the best teachers in the world, <laughs> if we can find them. Um, no, actually, they're they're both right here with us right now. That's that's an E.A. Tischler and Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith, in case you missed last week, number one, officially the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana, according to Golf Digest magazine. And, and e- well-deserved. And E.A.'s got uh, got some numbers that impress, too. And we'll delve into that and delve into some teaching methods and how you can get better when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang on. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GolfGuys for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more Insight batteries. Again, that's RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyon's. 
Order yours today. And thanks for hanging. We're back. This is John Ashton in studio. That is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana, and E.A. Tischler. Uh, in his living room, surrounded by unpacked suitcases or half-packed suitcases as he's on his way now with uh, what a lot of very, um, let's say, successful golf coach slash instructors do is they hang out in warmer weather when it gets to be winter. But Olympia yeah. Fields uh, in the Chicagoland area is where you normally hang your hat. But, man, it's... Yeah, you know, the simulators are nice. Yeah. We like to get outdoors every once in a while as golf professionals. Why is it whenever you use the two words golf simulator, it is always followed by the word but? <laughs> <laughs> but we'd rather be on a nice golf course. Yes. <laughs> John, there's a couple things that you may want to know about our esteemed guest. He is the coach of one Mr. Scott McCarran. He has uh, been working with Scott for a number of years. Also, other golf professionals who are out making a bunch of money. He is the author of a large number of golf books. They're what, 18? Is that right, EA? Uh, 28. 28, Whoa. sorry. I knew there was an eight in there, <laughs> but also the uh, the co-founder of uh, Bioswing Dynamics and mm-hmm. also the founder of New Horizons Golf Approach. He has been the teacher to teachers all over the country. We've got top 100 teachers calling EA for advice for their students. That's who this guy is. This, so this, just in case you wanted to know if anybody had an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> anything and everything about golf swings and forces and all kinds of things that you need to know about as a golf instructor, you're ringing EA's phone. Well, they don't sleep much to create such an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So how revolutionary was it looked upon by the teaching community when you started putting these ideas to them? I mean, because it's got to be different than they've done it before, right? Um, Actually, it wasn't looked at as revolutionary at all. It was criticized tremendously right from the get-go. Wow, Um, okay. Actually, I've been doing this stuff for about 30 years. Before it hit a name. Yeah, well, so I had New Horizons Golf, and then Mike Adams was doing his research. And so uh, Mike and I actually teamed up. We met. He flew out to visit me. Um, we spent a couple of days together going over all of our stuff. And then um, I flew out to visit him. And then on a handshake, we agreed to put all of our information together and to call it Bioswing Dynamics. And so actually, originally, we were going to call it Bio-Based Swing Dynamics, but that was too long. Even after Mike and I put it together and we were presenting, there was still a lot of pushback. You know, interestingly enough, you know, a lot of the critics over time went out to do research to prove us wrong. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget this doctor literally wrote my books. I mean, bought my books. It actually told me the whole reason why he's going to research my books was to prove me wrong, <laughs> and which was pretty interesting. Yeah. And so because they have their own ideas and their own preferences, and of course, you only know what you've researched. And if what somebody else's research conflicts with what you research, the immediate thing to do for a lot of people is get defensive and attack. In mm-hmm. other words, instead of saying, look, okay, there's different ways of doing it and it's, and your way is valid and what we're saying is valid and, and what, you know, uh, Hardy's saying is valid and you know, we can just understand why they're all valid and how they fit into the total picture. People tend to attack. But over the years with um, a lot of research with a lot of different biomechanics coming on board, um, it's being shown day in and day out that the stuff that we've been coaching and, and promoting is not only valid, but it's backed up by science. 
backed up by science, be that as it may, I would think that your students could just attest to the fact that it's backed up by success. Yeah, and that's oh, they do. Yeah, that's kind of funny over time how even though you have so much success with your students, how people still criticize and. Again, you know, they can say it's all an illusion and the student's just talented despite what you're coaching them. Mm -hmm. That's why they're getting better. But when you have people that have been injured and struggled and even players that were very successful on different tours like Scott McCarron was, and then they go through a, a real slump and you actually reach out and you work with them and they come back to being one of the top players in the world, it's kind of hard to argue with um, whether it's successful or not. Yeah. People ask me all the time, you know, the, the golf professionals are talking about you know, the things that I'm doing, and it is all about this, what their body is built to do, and, and not just what they're predisposed to do, but also functionally and dynamically, what is going on. And there's other teachers out there who ask about it and criticize it because they don't want to learn it. And it's too bad because, you know, I, I'm working with an awful lot of people that are having a pretty decent amount of success. I'm not working with anybody who's not getting it done. That's the anecdotal stuff. But as EA says, it's, it's backed up by scientists. In this group, there's uh, there's PhDs with biomechanics degrees, and they're they're studying this stuff to to prove or disprove what's going on, and they all seem to be backing it up as far as what's real here. So it's pretty interesting stuff. I learn about it every day. I I explore different things every day, and it helps people every day. Um, you've got two people that have spent a minimal amount of time with you that have fixed some serious problems that they've had for a very long time within 10 minutes. And I'm talking about Intrepid Producer Mark and myself. In, the, in those simple little things that we talked about, you, you watching me with Mark and watching me with you and getting all that on, you know, recorded, both of you were very surprised mm -hmm. that I did very little tearing you apart to get it to be better, right? We just adjusted a little thing here and there, and I just kind of watched how the whole thing was put together. Yeah. And next thing you know, you guys had shots that you hadn't seen before. Yeah. You know, and part of great coaching is the ability to assess the state of the student, you know, physically what's going on with them from a structural standpoint, from a dynamic standpoint, from a functional standpoint, and then using your expertise and your knowledge to give them as little information as possible to get them improve, to improve. Yeah. And so, you know, the critics are always trying to attack everything, you know, like everything at a whole. And the reality is that, you know, what the instructor does is they use their knowledge base and their information to pick out that one or two small things that they can give the student so the student can improve right away. Mm -hmm. And that's really the, the, the beauty of the great coaching is having the ability to do that. And Bioswing Dynamics gives you the knowledge and the information so that you can actually do that. Now it's up to the coach to use the information and the way you use the information is up to you. But, you know, so it doesn't tell you absolutely what you should tell the student, but what it does is it gives you the knowledge and it gives you the tools and the toolbox that you need so that you can become that great coach that can help your students, you know, without having to impart a lot of knowledge on them. When a, a teacher uh, subscribes to the idea, first off, how long does it usually take for them to get to get with the program, so to speak, and be able to deliver it completely? So we do it in levels. And so, um, you know, they actually have to come to at least two different certification courses before they can even attempt to be tested. And so they go away. Typically, 
they'll be within one year, they'll take two courses or just a time thing. They'll, maybe they come to them over a two-year period. But what we really encourage them to do is to come in, get the information, then go out and use the information and send us questions. And so, you know, we've got a whole network of instructors. And so, you know, like Jeff said, I have a lot of instructors and, and instructors are tour players that um, daily send me video and ask me questions. And, mm -hmm. and I'm always giving them feedback. And, you know, they're the guy out there in the field with their player and they get all the credit for being there with their player, with they, which they should. And, and especially because of the fact that they're willing to reach out and use us as resources. And so, like, even with Scott McCarron, at one point, he was struggling um, from the intergame side. And I'm like, look, you need to talk to somebody else. I said, you and I see each other and talk to each other weekly, you know, and sometimes daily. And, you know, by this point late in the season, you know, you've heard it from me enough. You need to hear it from somebody differently. And I can put you in touch with, you know, three or four different guys, or you can end up talking to somebody else. And, and it just so happened that on that particular occasion, that um, he actually lives near Dan Jansen, who's a motivational speaker, and they were actually having dinner that night. And at the end of the night, he talked to Dan, and Dan said, you know, let me um, kind of sleep on this. And in the middle of the night, Dan wakes up and writes this long email and his whole response to it, and Scott Forge. I mean, it was wonderful. It was, he, he, he was saying the same things, but he was saying it differently from a different point of view, right. and it really clicked home that time. So you, know, you need to use your resources, and a lot of times your resources is, are the team of instructors that are helping you meant to you to become a better coach and that's how you really learn to use the information or get good at the information and what information to use at what point in time is by getting that advice and getting that experience up front we have um, extolled the virtues of the whole bio swing dynamics thing because of the the uh, success that folks we know have had working with jeff smith we've got more to talk about with one of the guys who came up with the idea when we come right back so hang out with us we are those weekend golf guys don't you move of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golfguys. Sports packages on cable TV cost a fortune. And most of the time, they don't even show you all the games that you want to see. That's why having ExpressVPN is an absolute must for any sports fan. Here's how it works. You see, ExpressVPN tricks the sites into thinking that you were located somewhere else in the world. NIST lets you watch games that are blacked out in your region and lets you buy sports subscriptions that cost less in other countries. So you can use ExpressVPN to stream all sports. NFL, NBA, English Premier League, college hoops, you name it. I got a friend who wants to watch the Louisville game. He lives down in Mobile. No one's carrying it down there. He's using ExpressVPN. He's going to stream it live. And you can do the same thing, too. You can save money, and you can watch all the games you want with the best VPN for streaming sports. You visit expressvpn.com slash weekend. expressvpn.com slash weekend, and you will get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash weekend. And we're back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana, and E.A. Tischler leaving the uh, the Olympia fields. Um, the, uh, what's the word? The mythical greatness of Olympia fields. See how I did there? You know, because it's kind of like, never mind. And well, he said, kind of historical. So. <laughs> he's headed out to California where he will continue teaching. Is it considered still revolutionary or was it ever considered revolutionary, the, the whole bio swing dynamics thing? Because people who have taken lessons 
from other teachers and then taken some lessons from a bioswing dynamic person thinks it's revolutionary. Yeah, you know, actually, I mean, people that use it, we get messages all the time, um, emails all the time about um, great success stories of people that have just started using it. I'm actually kind of looking one up on my phone right now. And this one teacher from Germany actually was on the road. And he says, at this moment in time, I'm in Turkey with some students and an 80 year old lady understood her extension and release. And she had her longest drive ever. Uh I mean, like, (laughs) funny, at 82 years old, she just had her longest drive ever. Yeah. We do hear it all the time about how it's actually revolutionized people's, and they might not use that word, but similar words, Mm -hmm. um, their teaching, their ability to communicate with their students, their ability to get their students to achieve their goals and their successes um, a lot more often. So um, there's definitely a movement out there, you might say, of people that truly believe that it makes the biggest difference in their coaching. One of the things that keeps most amateur golfers or, or recreational golfers, whatever word you want to use for us, away from the lesson tee is a fear of being torn apart by the pro. Right. You know, I don't want to swing a golf club in front of a golf pro because I feel so self-conscious about doing it badly or incorrectly. But that's one of the things that you don't have to worry about with the way you guys are doing it. One of the very first things I try to impart on the coaches is that what you want to do is after you first you screen your golfers to understand how they're built to work mm-hmm. and what their dynamic patterns are, if they have any functional limitations. You have to understand all that first. Right. And then what you have to do is you actually, based upon the information that you've gathered, you have to assess what they are already doing well. Mm-hmm. What is it that they're doing that has gotten them to be as successful as they already are, whether that's a lot of success or little success? you got to keep the stuff that allows them to be successful, and you have to build upon that. So you don't have to overhaul the whole system. Right. As a matter of fact, that's the last thing I ever want to do. And I've had a couple of students come to me that were very handsy players and wanted to be body players. And after doing it one time, he was a friend of mine. I swore I'd never do it again. Of course, (laughs) later on, I had another friend that literally told me, he said, if we do not change this, if I do not become a body player, I do not want to play golf anymore. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a long haul. We're going to go through this, but we really don't have to do this. He goes, this is what I want to do. You Mm -hmm. know, so, but I try to avoid that at all costs. I want golfers to understand you know, what they can do right now to make a big difference. And yep. Fred Shoemaker was one of my mentors in coaching. And, and he would always ask the question, what is it that you think we could address today that would make an immediate and long lasting improvement in your game? And those are the places where you want to start. It keeps you coming back. A, a lot of people might say that you don't get the longevity of the lessons because you fix stuff so quickly. But but once you see something fixed so quickly, you go, oh, I wonder what else this guy can fix for me. Well, that was interesting. Scott McCarran actually asked me one time. He says, the way you coach and the way you help people, there's got to be like a point of no return at a country club like you're at. And mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, there is. And that's why they actually allow me to have outside you know, guests to come in mm-hmm. because the students that I work with, you know, a lot the first year, I work with them less the second layer right. and less the third year. And it's amazing. You, you talk to them and they're like still playing the best golf of their mm-hmm. lives and they're still happy. They just come back when, you know, life gets in the way and things fall mm-hmm. apart and they need to get back on track. Uh, Olympia Field Sunset Club is amazing how many of the club champions and the, the major tournament winners and stuff have all gone through the Bioswing Dynamics lesson programs with me. And, you know, they're a testament to the fact that it does work. I've noticed a little bit of this with uh, the members that I've had uh, when I used to teach at Otter Creek and now at Timbergate and especially at the Sagamore. The better players are gravitating toward me because they see that I am not breaking someone before making them better. Mm -hmm. They're walking off the lesson tee 
more comfortable with what's going on, can walk right to the golf course and instantly do what they need to be doing because one, they understand what's going on. And two, I've not done anything that makes them feel strange in the swing and thus leave them with their confidence. The mark of the of a good teacher is one that the students readily can do what's going on and, and what's necessary to, to make them better without feeling like, like they can't take it to the golf course. Yeah. And I've known that for a long time, that this process of finding out what is right for the student has helped so much in the immediate success of so many players. John, what you said about the, the players' built-in fear, it doesn't happen when they come to my lesson team. The other thing that's so great about it is that it's not something that you teach and then say, go pr- go to the practice tee and repeat this five or 600 times, and eventually it'll work for you. There's none of that. I, I don't use hope. I use evidence. It's a whole lot better for every player. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, there's a there's a difference between it working and you working it consistently. Yeah, oh, and definitely. So, you still you know, have to practice all, it, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we all have to have uh, practice habits and, and what have you, and we have to we have to override the old habits by instilling new habits, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But it is very clear right off the bat that the, the individual understands why it works for them. And so, like, for me, in the screenings that I develop, because just about everything we look at, there's multiple ways of screening it to test it to see whether – you know, why, why the student works that way. I came up with ways where the student would actually feel it. The student can actually go, wow, that's why you're telling me I need to, you know, my body works that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because what I learned a long time ago, I kind of did it like um, you go to an orthopedic surgeon, doctor, hey, my shoulder hurts. And he says, you know, put your arm up here, push here, da, 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 da. And at the end, he says, okay, you have a torn this. And you're like, okay, I have no idea what just happened. And <laughs> I have no idea what you're telling me, but you're the doctor. I trust you. Right. And so I learned over the years that the best way to get the student committed to it was to get them to experience why they were built to do it that way. And so I invented some training aids and testing aids and ways of screening so the student can actually feel and identify why it is they need to work that way. Nationwide, how many teachers off the top of your head subscribe to this method of teaching now? I mean, I know we have over 500 in the system, mm-hmm. and so and some of those are um, international as well. And there's a lot of international ones that I don't have in my database. So, um, you know, Mike uh, does a bunch of work overseas with um, with Smart to Move force plates, so they do some educations over there. But um, definitely inside the United States, we've got over 300 instructors that um, are deep into this certification process. Is there a clearinghouse of information where? somebody who wants to seek out one of your teachers could go and find out who's close to them? Yeah, we don't have the most updated. I do have it on my website, newhorizonsgolf.com, and you can find uh, the click on the link of coaches, and then you can see the ones that I have listed on there. I haven't updated it in a bunch of years because I've been actually building a new website, and we don't have it up and ready to go yet. But um, there's definitely, you know, plenty of them on there that you can go look at. And we still have um, lots of places that don't. I had somebody contact me from uh, Houston, Texas. And although we have a variety of teachers in Texas, we don't have one in Houston. So there are places you can go where you you won't find one. I know you've got one in Austin, Texas. So go there if you need one. From from a student standpoint, just got to point out that we had phenomenal success. And I'm talking minutes when I talk a short period of time. Correcting a problem that I'm speaking about me and, and intrepid producer Mark. It was phenomenal. It was almost immediate and, um, it was painless, literally. 
Yeah, we have all kinds of uh, situations. Like, say you want to generate more clubhead speed, and I mean, in five swings, we get people anywhere from you know six and twelve mile an hour clubhead speeds, you know, faster. Of course, there's there's even more than that, but those are mm-hmm. students that had way more potential for it. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, I'm talking about good players, like turf players. I worked with Stan Utley the first time I worked with him, and in five swings, we got his clubhead speed up six miles an hour. And I'm like, look, you keep working at this, we're going to get you to ten or twelve more, you mm-hmm. know, pretty quickly. Yeah. But we see it all the time, and whether it's ball flight, a lot of times it's just un- misunderstanding things, like. I hear all the time you got a golfer that hooks the ball, and they're like, and let's say they're a right-handed golfer, they hook the ball, and then the immediate answer now with anybody that has a has a launch monitor is, you got to swing more left, you got to move your path left, and typically it's because the club face is facing fairly close to the target, and the the end target, and the path is going way to the right, and they say so your issue is your path, but wait a second, if the path is to the right and the club face is facing the end target, the ball's going to hook, we know that. So which one do you change? Do you actually change the path or do you change the face? Because I could change the face and just make sure it's half of what the path is and they're going to draw it right on target. Yeah. And so you need to have some information beside, you know, like there's what I call, are you a swing right golfer or a swing left golfer or a swing straight golfer? And if you haven't screened the golfer to understand which one dynamically they are, you can very easily screw them up by trying to turn them into, you know, the opposite version. So if I have a swing right golfer and they're hooking the ball, I don't try to change their path. I change their face because I know if I try to change their path and move their path to the left, I'm going to turn them into a double crosser. So instead of having one big miss, they now have two big misses. <laughs> yeah. and this is not a good situation. No, and that's that does not make you a good coach or a successful uh, uh, student experience at all. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's a very simple thing. Like they were told, I had this junior, he's uh, 12 or 15. And he just started coming to me at the end of the season. And he works on TrackMan in their simulator at their club. And on their TrackMan simulator, there's a white line going towards the target. And he's left-handed. And there's this blue line, which is his path, which goes off to the left. And then there's a red arrow that is pointing where the face is. Well, they kept telling him that the face should be facing directly at the target. And this kid hooked the ball. Now, his path was always to the left. And he was so good at putting the club face where they told him to put it. And he put the club face at the target and he'd hook the ball. And I said, wait a second. I said, no, you don't want the club face facing the end target. You want it facing in your start direction. And he goes, oh, they never told me that. Well, of course, <laughs> now he doesn't hook the ball. And it wasn't even that we needed to change what he was you know, feeling in his golf swing as much as just get the club face facing where you want the ball to start. And let the path be the path, and now you play nice draws. You know, bottom, having the right information is very powerful. Bottom line that here. That kind of sounds a little familiar, doesn't it, John? It, it sounds terrifically familiar. I was going to say, been there, done that, man. Bot- bottom line is that um, you can get a whole lot better much more easily than you probably can imagine. EA Tischler, we appreciate you spending some time with us here in this weekend. Golf guys, golf guys drive safe to California. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again in the not-too-distant future right here. Hang out. We'll be right back. Those Weekend Golf Guys is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. That's the brand-new streaming sports news network that is live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and it's always free. Always. Check it out. It's great. The coverage is always focused on the game, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we care about deeply here, gambling picks and analysis to get a little extra edge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You turn on CBS Sports HQ and you're going to see the stuff you need to win your bets. And you can access it all 
free. Not free for a week, not free for a month, not if you have some special cable package. It's totally, completely free for everybody. You don't even need a login. No fake debates. It's just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. And thanks for coming back and joining us here with those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. You know, it is wintertime. And one of the things in our neck of the woods here in Louisville, Kentucky, is uh, golfing is iffy. But drinking never goes away. Uh, we drink while we golf, and we drink because we can't golf. You know, it's, it's one of the things you think about when you think about Kentucky. You think about bourbon. You got to admit, right? Bourbon and horses. I want to welcome in Doug Craigle with us, who is a bourbon aficionado. This man has forgotten more about bourbon than most people know. You're an expert. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't ever want to call myself an expert because there's always something new to learn. But, you know, I guess I am passionate about learning more about bourbon every day. That's what I'll say. Okay. There has seemed to have been recently, nationally speaking, uh, much bourbon has gained much more in popularity. I mean, can you can you thank like Mila Kunis 100%. and Matthew McConaughey for that, or, or how did <laughs> that happen, man? The the idea of that for sure. You know, I think they came after, and that's like they are the result of what's been happening in the bourbon industry. You know, when you have Hollywood icons coming in and collaborating and starting to do uh, advertisements for bourbon brands, which, you know, it ebbs and flows all the time. But I think the biggest thing that we've seen this resurgence of, of American products in general, I mean, bourbon is the official spirit of the U.S. Right. So it's it, to me, it really drives right into this idea that, I mean, this is the American-made product. Most of it's made right here in the state of Kentucky. You know, and uh, and with that, you also have a nice, deep, complex flavor profile and a really great experience. I mean, overall, you see that the state of Kentucky is is seeing such immense growth in tourism just because of this industry. You know, yeah. they're one of many industries in this state and uh, the tourism here is drawing people in. They've got great experiences going on. So I think that that all really drives people forward. Yeah, in the high quality spirits. I watch NCIS Los Angeles every week. That's one of my little guilty pleasures, okay? But the uh, one of the characters on there, whenever she wants to celebrate, she pours herself some Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and there you go. And there have been an influx of bourbon drinkers uh in in the media i mean on tv it's do you guys have to like is that product placement that your industry is doing or is that just are they just jumping on the it's much more popular bandwagon in hollywood there's probably a little bit of both you know think about it this way there's always typically if there's if there isn't a company like the agio for us or anything else with their entertainment division or just their strategic partnerships division if they're not having the conversations with the um, with the studios or whoever it is, typically that's when you see the back of the bottle, or you see, you know, like forever the line is when someone walks into a bar and they just say, "Give me a beer," and the bartender magically knows what beer they want. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the same kind of idea with bourbon. You know, they're not, you know, they're not going to name a brand specifically, but I think that. You know, it started out with this idea of people started adding bourbon in because it, it permeates into popular culture. Mm -hmm. And then 
companies catch on and realize, oh, you know what? Well, let's let's make this partnership and take it a little bit farther. And I think that's kind of the key that happens there. I know that that bourbon made it officially as as something very cool the first time about three years ago. I think it was maybe even longer than that when I went to a golf scramble, and uh, the the cart beverage cart featured nothing but bourbon slushies. <laughs> that's a good that's a good beverage cart right there. Yeah, it certainly was. She was the most popular woman on the course. Um, but it does lend itself. Bourbon well. slushies are great. They are. It's and it's kind of like you don't even have to feel guilty about it. It's like ice cream. Just tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> now, Diageo is a company you work for, which is a large worldwide spirits distiller, seller, purveyor, I guess. But bullet sure. bullet bourbon is your baby, and you're in Kentucky. That is bullets in Kentucky, so that's yours, right? Yes. So bullet is one of so specifically. I work on my my official title, which is fun to say anyway. That I'm the national educator for <laughs> North American whiskey for Diageo Reserve portfolio. So that is to say that I I talk about whiskey 75% of the time. If you have a conversation with me, it's probably going to be about whiskey of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and within my portfolio, Bullet Bourbon is definitely the flagship. It's the, it's, it paves the way for all of the other bourbons and um, all the other bourbons and American whiskeys within our portfolio to really have the liberty to grow and innovate as well because it's definitely our biggest seller. But, you know, it's a long bullet with, our brand new bullet distilling company, um, visitor experience that opened just recently this past June, as well as like the full distillery opening in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, Blade and Bow, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, IW Harper, which is actually a really classic brand. And when we, when you talk about popular culture now, this is, I like to think of this time and period as the bourbon renaissance, um, but this is kind of a second renaissance because you think about a brand like Ida B. Harper. James Bond was drinking Ida B. Harper in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, the Ian Fleming novel. Right. And that one, Bond was drinking Harper. That's the equivalency of the product placements we're seeing today. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of way I look at it. So besides that, like George Dickel, Tennessee Whiskey, um, all of those brands throughout the um, – throughout the region i get to work on on a daily basis which is pretty amazing it's gotta be man can can you explain to me because i always wondered why is bullet called frontier whiskey well so bullet frontier whiskey is really coming from it's it's kind of twofold to it right so first part of it is definitely that it's hearkening back to and it's an old family recipe um so from our founder tom bullets you know family this idea of his great great grandfather Augustus Bullet being someone that was operating in the frontier, and the the key to that is it's kind of harkening back to the to the idea of the roots of American whiskey and the roots of bourbon and the fact that this part of the country in the you know mid to late 1800s would be the frontier you know post Louisiana Purchase kind of time frame. That is so hard is to uh, area. Yeah, that's hard to keep keep in mind that we were the frontier. Yeah. Back when they were making this it. was the frontier, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so and as 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 people spread out farther into it, and so it's it's kind of that's the start of it there, and then it's also looking at the brand as being something that kind of harkens into pushing boundaries, pushing forward. Um, that is what we consider to be kind of our new frontier now, and that's and that's where Bullet is today is this idea of partnering with 
um, artisans and people that push the boundaries of whatever their profession may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of our connection to it. But you look at the bottle itself. I mean, even the glass and everything else is is kind of referencing back to kind of days old. Um, what is old is new again kind of scenario. You know, speaking of which, when you stare at a shelf at your favorite liquor store and you're looking at the bourbons and you're maybe overwhelmed by the number of choices, uh, the number of brands or whatever, a lot of us make a decision or at least we are attracted by bottle design. How important is that? 100%. In, yeah. How important is that on the mean, marketing for you guys, man? I mean, it, it definitely is. I'll tell you what, just just for me professionally, anytime I go into a bar, I have this habit that my wife says she could watch me do it. But I walk into a bar and the first thing I do is my eyes go to the back bar, you know, and <laughs> I scroll across just to see what's there. Yeah. And today there are 20, it used to be there were four or five bourbons on the back bar. Yeah. And now you've got lists that you're going to ask for when you sit down to enjoy a meal that's going to give you 15, 20, 50 bourbons, 50 whiskeys on their list. And so having a unique bottle shape, I can always pick out a bottle of bullet right off the back. Yeah. There's certain bottles that are like that. Um, Blade and Bow Kentucky Straight Bourbon Force is the same way where it's, you can pick it out specifically because it's the bottle shape is so unique. It's the same as like shopping, you know, uh, beer labels or wine labels too. You know what I mean? There's, they've said for a long time that most people actually shop a bottle of wine just because of the label itself, yeah. let alone what else is going on there. And it's, it's, that's a big part of, of of as consumers make their decisions, especially like you said, when you start to get overwhelmed with how big the category is. Today. Yeah, it's, it's it is getting a little confusing, but um, it's well worth it. One of the things that we've been thinking about doing over here on those weekend golf guys, and again, uh, Doug Craigle from uh, Diageo is is uh, our guest here. We're talking about bourbon because we're from Kentucky and it's winter time. Uh, I'll explain that in greater detail if you need me to later. But one of the things we want to do is, you know, like Indiana has the Pete Dye Golf Trail, and and the Carolinas mm-hmm. have their golf trail, and there's the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail just south of us in Alabama. We have the Bourbon Trail. Now, we were thinking maybe we could marry the two together and come up with something like the I-64, spelled F-O-R-E, golf experience oh. that would that would basically shadow – most of the distilleries in the state of Kentucky, because most of them are along or easily accessible from I sixty four. Hundred percent. What do you think? Good idea. That huh? sounds like that. That sounds like a great idea. I mean, you know, you got to have your 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 enough time to be able to stop off. But really, when you th- when I when I think about it, going down sixty four, you get what I consider to be like one one large chunk of the bourbon trail right there yeah. um, well, you'd between get, Lexington and Louisville. Yeah, you'd get your new place in Shelby County. There's mm-hmm. there's the Jephtha Creed right there off 64 as you drive by. And then you, as soon as you get it through Shelby County, you see the uh, the signs for, for Buffalo Trace and for uh, Four Roses and Wild Turkey. And I mean, all these names that are iconic in the in the bourbon drinkers lexicon, they're right there. Yeah, hundred percent. And they, for some yeah, reason, I don't know if it's fantastic. because, and you can end all the way. Oh, go on. End all the way to Lexington. Yeah, you, you know, can. I mean, it's it's going to take you all the way there. And I don't know if it's because bourbon drinkers are also, for the most part, great golfers or what, but there seem to be some of the best golf courses in the state. <laughs> 
very close to uh i mean you've got the the bright leaf golf resort right down there then and, and depending on which way the wind blows it's either wild turkey or knob creek that you're smelling so i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah you know there's got to be a direct correlation to the construction of the golf courses and the proximity to these uh suburban distilleries i mean i think somebody was thinking ahead yeah for sure i would make sure that that was probably uh one of the main thought processes because i mean that's what you do today you build a golf course to attract people attract yeah, business 100 that's great i love it all right well we'll talk about that doug okay <laughs> all right that sounds perfect let me know i'm i will be happy to get involved i okay. know uh you know, you may not want me on the golf course, but I will stand next to it and I will talk about bourbon while you get a chance to play. Well, while you're talking about bourbon and, and, and uh, watching, let me just point out the fact that I have a co-host normally on the show, Jeff Smith, who's just been named by Golf Digest Magazine the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana. So if oh, you, if you well, need any lessons, there you go. If you can talk to him about a little barter system, if you can take bourbon as payment, then we can make this happen. You know, if you could throw a couple pizzas in, too, I'm sure he'd be your guy. <laughs> always always have to have food when, when consuming anyway. I feel like, you know, that's a nice responsibility message right there. So that's yeah. perfect with me. That's it. Cool. Doug Grable, appreciate it, sir. And um, we'll work on that. And again, the the state of Kentucky has great golf courses does not as of yet have any touristy uh, deal, any trail set up for golf, but we do have a trail set up for bourbon. So come and take the bourbon trail and then stop uh, every once in a while and play 18 because there's going to be one of our great golf courses with an earshot of almost every distillery in the state. But it is it is a business that, that keeps us going. So, Doug, on behalf of all of the people who are making money and living well in the state of Kentucky. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. Business golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GolfGuys for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more Insight batteries. Again, that's RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyon's. Order yours today. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golfguys. All right, so there you have it. Um, how much more simple can we make it, or we, like I've got anything to do with it, 
Jeff, um, when you first saw this stuff, how long did it take you to to say, yes, that is that is the way it should be? Somewhere between the middle of the first day of a two-day session, mm-hmm. I realized the genius of what was going on. Because I'm sitting here listening to two of the brightest golf professionals that I know. One of the things that I think hit me over the head with how smart these guys are mm-hmm. is they were so smart they actually got together and wrote stuff down. <laughs> which really doesn't get done very often with good ideas. Yeah. And understanding that there is a, a method to to searching out your player and finding out what is this. I was drinking out of a fire hose, so to speak, of information, but yet I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. So I made a few more phone calls. You know, EA and I started to talk a lot. I started to talk a lot to Mike even about this a little bit more. And next thing you know, I was no longer guessing. I was no longer hoping my way through golf lessons. Yeah. I'd taught for years and years and years and years and years. I went with my old standard stuff and that stuff, thank goodness, has now, that's been a decade ago because that stuff was not right for everybody because nothing is. Right. Yep. So it took me somewhere between the middle of the first day till through right now to understand this is the right way of of knowing what's going on with people. Uh, we we can't uh, we can't say this often enough, but uh, uh, once again, congratulatory salutations to Jeff Smith, officially the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana, according to Golf Digest magazine, and the uh, the techniques that he is using, the bioswing dynamics, probably I would say uh, attest to making it that far because you've got so many great students who have uh, gotten so much better at this game simply by listening and. Um, following direction i know i know it's worked for us here both myself and intrepid producer mark man we can now almost break 80 sometimes that's pretty good you yeah. know you probably ought to continue to play all 18 holes no matter what you shoot John. yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna start that next year okay once yeah. <clears throat> once the ground gets unfrozen so listen i'm just thinking you know just just don't quit you know on whatever hole that you shoot 80 on just, right just keep just on keep going, going. yeah Keep play, going. Play, play the last 11 if you need to. I got you. No yeah. problem, man. I got you. Uh, whether you're going to play 9 or 18 or you're going to take a lesson or whatever you're going to do, is get your clubs, put them in the car, drive to where it's warm enough, and then go play some golf. 